Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins, uh, back as always. And the Kings, of course, back to their losing ways. They've lost four straight. Uh, five. They are a G- five, uh, five straight. And they are a Jimmy Butler uh, push shot from like what, seven feet out and a Chemezi Metu game winner away from being on a seven game losing streak. Fun. Um, fun stuff. The wheels have officially, um, I don't know if they've fallen off, but uh, they're getting real squeaky. Were they ever on in the first place? No, they weren't. That's a great point. They were just never attached. <laughs> and uh, we had the training wheels on and everything, and we still can't ride that bike. I guess no, that would be two times. This is a bad. So are, I ruined the are, analogy. I'm sorry. Are the Kings this analogy like riding a bike? And is is Vivek the one that's like, don't worry, like you got it, holding like the handlebar, you got it. Yeah. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let go now, and then the bike just crash, and the Kings driving the bike just crash into the garage yeah. door. Well, something. you know how they say you never forget how to ride a bike. Yeah, the Kings never learned. They never learned how to ride. <laughs> just a never bike. straight up never learned how to ride it, and uh, you know. I know, I know uh, a, a couple people who are who are in their their you know older older stages in life and can't ride a bike. And uh, do you really? I do. I'm not going to call them out, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, come on. <laughs> it, it was come when on. I learned. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are you serious? He's never learned how to ride a bike, huh? It's all good. Sorry. No, we're not. Anyway. We're not sh- if, if you can't ride a bike, we're not. Sh- we're not shaming you, but it is. A, it's a. It's a nice skill to have in in life. <laughs> it's helpful. Know? It's you helpful. Know, it's you helpful. Never know. No. You never know when you're going to have to hop on a bike. You know, you never know when they you go zombie. to a Sac State football game and you got to ride a bike back home. And then, oh, we, went diff- we were going different routes. You <laughs> said going to a nice little football game. I was going to say the zombie apocalypse and there's, you know, cars out of gas. All there are bikes. Then what are you going to do? You're out of luck. You could rip stick. <laughs> rip stick it. Walk um, your ass home. <laughs> so last night, Chris, Kings Cavs. Yeah, you Kings were at, Cavs. You, you were at the game for as a fan. Very strange, man. Yeah, I haven't been I haven't been to the game as a fan in like probably three, four years. It's been like um, you know, I obviously have had to work <clears throat> work a lot of the uh the games the past couple years and then um I have a, a nice little nice little uh pre all star game break here that I've taken and um yeah, you know, the the opportunity arose for me to go and Boy, boy, oh boy! It's 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 um it's different going as a fan. I I yelled at the game for the first time in a while, and I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot I can like scream." This, feel, <laughs> it, like, this feels good. Yeah. It did feel it felt really good. I was like, hey, "What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, roommates. But uh, no, I mean, yeah. it's. I was gonna ask you, like, did it? Did you feel yourself get more invested than you do when we're at our media section, or? I was a lot more angry. I mean, yesterday was a pretty frustrating game, but um, not. I mean, they ended up coming back and making it a really fun game to go to. But um, they were obviously down for a majority of the game, and and it was um, it was fun. I mean, I, I I don't know if I would say I was more invested, but I I did feel like I had more opportunity to just kind of like watch what I wanted as a like I don't know why when you're in media like or at least when I'm in media, I should say, like, I, I feel like I need to watch so many different things that I'm actually watching nothing. And like, I'll go back I'll when I like immediately when I get home that night, I'll rewatch the the NBA YouTube highlights and stuff and be like, 
okay, like I remember that shot going in, but I don't really remember like the, full the next picture of the game. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, as a fan, you just, I feel like I, I got a better grasp of what was happening and I was able, you know, for like, I don't know, five minutes, I just watched Davion Mitchell play defense. Um, that was interesting. I watched Marvin play defense for like two minutes or so. Um, it was it was just a different experience. Something I, I, it was good to do because now I'm hoping I can take those fan eyes and bring them back into. You know, it's always nice to get a nice little when things are like reset, restarted. You know, um, it's always a a good feeling as like as someone who makes graphics. It's like it was. It's kind of like the equivalent of. Uh, Especially for me, like when I make our Sports 1140, like tuning graphics and stuff, I'll usually just rinse and repeat a template and, you know, whatever. It's just easier that way. It's I don't have to spend an hour making it. I can just spend like 10 minutes putting in faces, putting in logos, all that. And I know like the structure is something that I know is good and solid. But then every so often I'll just like, ah, like I'm sick of this graphic and I'll just restart from the beginning and you put it with fresh new eyes and you're like wow this is just like a whole new different thing so yeah that's a long way of saying that i have fresh eyes now good <laughs> and, uh, man it's, it's uh it felt good felt good to uh to be a fan that's good i was talking to but you know, boy my... there was not many people there who were no with me. no there, there there was not and uh i was i was just gonna th- say that i was talking to one of the king's uh oh name him one of the king's media employees that um I hadn't. I haven't been to a game as a fan in a long time, and I'm, I'm curious to see how that was going to be. But then again, like you said, not many people in the stands last night, and I don't know what the to- I don't know what the full attendance was announced as. It is says that- I was just looking it up, Frankie. On uh, this is via Basketball Reference, but I believe it'll say the same on ESPN.com. Twelve hundred. There's. I'm sorry. Twelve thousand. There's no sorry, way. 12, there's. There's no there's, way. There's literally no way. There's no way there was more than six thousand people there. Like you, you, you cannot tell me that stadium. You cannot tell me that stadium was was twelve. No, uh, Are we doing that makes this? me. There's <laughs> no way. This? Yeah, I there's mean, no we. I, I think I think we hinted at it uh, like one or two episodes ago that we were eventually going to dive into this. Um, the Sacramento Kings have just been straight up lying about the attendance all season. I'm not entirely sure why. I think I looked it up also via Basketball Reference, and the Kings have like the twentieth best attendance in the league. I'm not sure if there's some sort of. Um, I thought Carmichael Dave said they were 28th or 27th or something let's like see that. Here, they might have fallen since the last time I checked, but that's on Basketball Reference somewhere. No, actually, it says on Basketball Reference. If you go right now, it says Arena Golden One Center attendance: 330,000, 14th out of 30. There, that's there. That's. I'm so very, I'm not sure very if there's some sort that. of like incentives to like, you know, small. I, 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 I'm not trying to check anyone's pockets, but s- something fishy is is definitely going on. And uh, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a regular practice to to fabricate your attendance. You can't get an exact number. I don't know, Frank. You might know a better better than I here. Uh, actually, being inside the Kings at one point, like, is I don't know. Is there any sort of value to 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 lying about attendance i honestly can't think of like say like do you know how they calculate is it off of like ticket sales is it, it off of it, it's actual possible in the door okay. it's possible I, I never sold tickets i just help with events and everything but true, i yeah. never i never i don't think that it the numbers help 
I'm not sure. Like what, what does it help saying you, you have 13,000 over 12? Someone out there, please educate us. Cause we'd love, I actually yes. would like to know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to act like I know or understand, but all I know is it makes no sense to me how you can keep saying that there's 1500, 1400. And last night they said 12 or 15,000, 14,000. Last night they said there's 12,000. There's yes, no way. 12,000. There wasn't, there wasn't. The lower bowl, I believe, is the biggest lower bowl in the NBA. I think you can yeah. fit 10,000 down there. And mm-hmm. I watched Slamson at one point. He was just sprinting. He was running on top of the, the chairs, just completely sprinting up an empty section. And it was a lower-level section behind the basket. So if they ever went so, to the free-throw angle where you're behind the free-throw shooter facing that that section, one, mm-hmm. I think section 114, Slamson's running up the seats because there was nobody in the yeah. section. Oh, there's whole rows in the bottom in the bottom sec in the bottom uh conco- or bottom bowl that are empty. Like my entire row that I sat in was empty until the fourth quarter when people just start to move around. And just for everyone who who's curious, the Golden One Center capacity is seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand six hundred and eight. So if they're saying that twelve thousand were in attendance, that means obviously there's only five thousand empty seats. I would say that there was closer to 5,000 people in the stands. That'd be great if there was 12,000 people. I think there'd be a lot of energy in the building. And that's just is not the case. <laughs> that's not the case. It's so. just not. Like, I'm I, not understanding why. But, uh, you know, our, our Return of the Roar listeners can uh, can keep track on that and try and keep the Kings accountable. Well, and it's a, it's a, it's people shouldn't want. I mean, I, I think as a fan, like when I was in high school, I'd still go to games because – that's just who I am personally, but how can you, I, you or I or anybody else blame fans for not wanting to go to these games right now? There's just no, there's just no, there's no reason why you should spend money on it, especially like no. if your ticket is above, I mean, lower level seats should be like $40 max 50, like 60. If you're trying to get like low, low, but right that's now? just because of factual, like it's an NBA basketball game. You have to have some sort of premium on it, but like, these guys are trash and like we're, we, we, there's no reason, there's no incentive for a real true person who wants to see this team in the overall succeed pay anything more than like a $20 bill for, to get in the building. And parking still $30. I'm, I, I just, I, that's another thing too. My yeah. Mom you got to finesse. Game. My mom went to the game and in, in, in parking was gonna be thirty dollars, and I was gonna try to give her a validation, and it, it, it didn't. We didn't work out. They made her pay in advance, and it just mm-hmm. it's it's incredible to know that some people have to spend that much money right now for a team that is not giving any love back. Uh, the, and look, the game last night opposed to what happened on Sunday in Portland. The game wasn't horrible. It was a it was a competitive game for the most part, and the last three minutes were entertaining and fun. Uh, too little, too late. I mean, we're going to get to that in a second, but just to kind of put a bow on on the attendance thing, uh, I I can't see it getting better anytime soon, and it shouldn't. I, the, the The fans have been behind this team day in day out throughout everything, and they used to fill up Arco more so than this right now. They mm-hmm. would fill up the Golden One was full almost every night over the first four years I worked there, and then this year. Yeah. Last year, I guess pandemic, uh, you know, pandemic in this year, of course. But this season with capacity normal, this is the worst attendance I've seen since ever. Twenty no ever 
Like maybe ever. Yeah, well, maybe like the, no, this the, is gar- the first attempt. I mean, I didn't go in like the Bano years and all that stuff. That's what but, I'm saying. Maybe those yeah. years I remember seeing on TV how bad it was. But with Demarcus Cousins and and Tyreek Evans and in the beginning of Golden One, it was never this bad. It it wasn't. It was never this bad. So uh this is what losing for almost two decades. This is what happens. And I I, I was telling some of the guys last night in the media room. I think it's at a point where you kind of Baltimore Orioles it and just give away tickets for free. I think just click this link, put your name and email and it gets free tickets. Get to go to the game, fill the stands up. Like, I mean, the Kings kind of are to a certain extent. I mean, like they have like that 10 game package for 50 bucks. Like, yeah, that's true. That's, that's not, that's not bad. And I, that's actually what one of my friends got. And like, it's an interesting deal. They, they, they don't tell you where your seats are until day of day day of game. um, Even then, like, They'll they'll put you in the upper deck, which everyone knows like is a completely different experience than being in the lower bowl because that's kind of honestly the the humor of Golden One Center is like the lower bowl is one of like the better experiences you can have, um, but the upper bowl is just night and day different. I mean, a you feel like you're legitimately going to tumble to your death if you you know have to scoot by anybody to get to your seat. B obviously there's no cup holders, which just absolutely doesn't make sense. Like they just went. I don't get that. I mean, I, I think the answer is they just went cheap and found out that they could probably save. I don't know how x amount of dollars by not installing cup holders, but I think it was about it saving space. Issue. It was about saving space and like less space in the upper deck. I think maybe save them money. I don't know because there you take away the cup holder, seats get to be closer together, and that saves. They're space. definitely closer together. They're definitely closer together. And I have I have not been up there since I was a fan in 2016. I'm gonna have to be up there again. Um, I'm gonna the be up there for concerts. The, yeah, the I'm, concerts. Of the and creator, that's I have to be kind there. of the scariest part too. Is like you're obviously standing. you know at concerts. Yeah, you're standing. Uh, you're maybe a little bit more inebriated than you might be at a at a, at a basketball game, but um, it's just not. It's not where you want to be. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's uh yeah not ideal. But um, yeah, in terms of the attendance, it's just I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I don't see it getting better. Maybe when the team eventually does make a move um, that that might spark a few fans. You know, I, I would I would be interested, more interested in at least seeing new guys, especially if it's a big move. Um, but saying that, you know, if the if if the Kings first deal is going to be buddy healed for whatever, right? You know, I'll just throw the Pelicans offer that, that got reported by the athletic of, of Nigel, uh, or I'm sorry, Nikhil Alexander Walker and, and, uh, Jackson Hayes for buddy healed. Like, I don't know if Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker are putting any butts in seats. No, no, but maybe Ben Simmons might, you know, Jalen Brown might, um, before we get, uh, let's not go there yet, but no, before we get into trade talk, just to kind of, we don't need to talk about the five game losing streak. We, the team is bad. We all know the team is bad. It's not working. Um, that's the last thing we need to really get into, but I do want to talk about the last play of last night's game. The Kings do the unthinkable. They hold Cleveland scoreless for almost three minutes, play some of their best defense of the year. I think, which, which is really fun to watch go on a nine Oh run. Tyrese Halliburton was huge. De'Aaron had a couple shots in there and buddy actually had, had some big moments last night. The last play of the game for both teams, Kings force a turnover. They get the ball with 11 seconds left, call timeout. What what did you want for that last play? And 
how did you feel watching number one De'Aaron and the Kings offense just kind of let the clock run down from 11 seconds? Because that's a lot of time. That's an eternity. Mm-hmm. And you're down by one point. Do you were you of the of the mind you would like them to score quickly or attempt to score quickly to give a chance to a foul and get the ball back down two or three? Or was it kind of, well, what if they score too quick and then Cleveland gets the ball, the chance to win with four seconds? I just I didn't love De'Aaron taking the clock all the way down to zero. And I know they say go for the win at home. I know that's like the age-old saying, but I just think with almost 12 seconds on the clock, watching him dribble that all out was just it was just kind of tough to watch and a good look. Good look. I like, I like that look open look, but I don't know. Just, it seemed like there was more, it, there wasn't four seconds on the clock when you get the ball. There was 12. It's just, I don't know. what do you think? I thought the whole play in general was a little strange. Um, what I was hoping they would do is just kind of, I, I didn't really care who was going to take the shot. I figured it was either going to be, I, I actually didn't think it was going to be De'Aaron. De'Aaron only had 12 points. Um, and kind of at no point was was really aggressive last night offensively. Um, Tyrese was obviously having a great game, but isn't isn't that good at um, attacking the rim yet? Um, and uh, or Harrison, but uh, the the play itself was for them to to give the ball to Harrison. De'Aaron sat in the backcourt, um, and then yeah, De'Aaron just kind of like you said, dribbled the clock out and then settled for for a middle mid range jump shot. I would have liked to see De'Aaron get the ball straight off, uh, straight off the inbound. I kind of didn't understand why they put him in the backcourt just to kind of leisurely accept the ball and and take, you know, like four seconds off the clock just to get him the ball. Um, I would have liked to see him just kind of get ahead of steam. And uh, what I wanted them to do is just kind of throw themselves at the rim and 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 get a foul. I thought that had had worked um, for De'Aaron and Harrison a couple times in that fourth quarter. And I thought that was just the safest move for them to do. Um, they really weren't, they, they shot all right from three yesterday, but um, I didn't think they were really hitting shots with regularity. And, and uh, I was just hoping, yeah, De'Aaron would get to the rim. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. I would, I would have, if I were actually in, in media last night, I probably would have asked Alvin, um, you know, was, was the plan for him to take a mid range jump shot? Like, or was it just kind of get De'Aaron the ball and let him figure it out, see what's there? Because it looked like the lane was open and he kind of, it, like I said, I mean, it it looked to me like he settled um, for, for that mid range jump shot. And yeah, he's, he's been hitting that with, with real lethal regularity, um, especially like the past, I don't know what's it been like five to 10 games. He's been almost automatic for mid range. But at the same time, you got to know as a defender, like that's the exact shot he was going for. And it looked like Cleveland knew that that was the exact shot he was going to go for. Um, So I didn't love it. But at the same time, like you said, you got to kind of live with that shot. I don't think De'Aaron was very happy with himself with after taking that shot. He kind of was the only one who who, I don't want to use the term stormed, but he, he was the first player off of the court. Um, right behind Alvin to go into the locker room. So I, I don't think he was too happy with how it was. I don't really, in terms of the decision to, to like bring the clock down, I don't really mind it just because like you said, like, I don't, I don't think I would trust the Kings to, to make a stop with yes, three, four, especially Frank. There do. I don't think I have ever seen a team execute so poorly at the end of quarters. I think two, 
two times last night and at the end of the first and at the end of the second easy buckets to get a uh, a buzzer beater to go to end the quarter i think jetty yeah. osmond jetty jetty osmond hit a three one. to end the first and then keep in mind the kings half, lost by one point that, you know yeah exactly and here's another thing too i hate Chimez's to sound technical like, yep hate to sound like a certain somebody but what happened on that, that play? Tech, I, I i didn't really see it did you see it I did. It was kind of like right in front of me. It was uh, actually I didn't see Chimez. I thought Tyrese was the one who got the tech because I can't remember exactly what the play was. But uh, after um, Tyrese was holding the ball and like was yelling, was mad, super mad, um, was screaming. And I thought like it was on him. And then they came back and said uh, tech on Chimezi. So not entirely certain what exactly happened. I saw on Twitter someone say Chemezi was just angry at himself. He wasn't directing it that anybody, and I didn't know what that is. Maybe he just kind of was screaming and putting his head down, or or mm-hmm. making a a gesture. I don't know, but um, you, you can't pinpoint it on that one thing. But I have yeah, to say, there's like four or five minutes to go. Like that's, and again, like I hate. I really don't mean to be disrespectful, but like if you're going to be like the seventh eighth best guy on the team like you are not the one who can get a technical in that no. spot like you can no, not, forgive not that Aaron Fox. Game either. you can forgive Tyrese Halliburton but like if you're Chemezi Metu like you're you're on the court like you being on the court in that situation should be you know something that's not taken for granted and you know, say, you know like you, you said about- if he was just mad at himself like I guess it might not be his fault completely but like it, results are results. Well, say, say what you want about Demarcus Cousins of getting his technicals. I don't think he got many late, late, late game technicals. Too. I mean, I don't think he did. And at least well, I don't, honestly, I don't recall. if he did, it, he made up for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. my thing. Is like if you're if you're going to get a tech, like you better have a, a substantial impact on the game that says like this is uh, it's fine if I allow one extra point here because I've got thirty. Like I don't know. Um, it could yeah. just be me being that. That could just be an ultra fan take, but you know it's probably not. not sure, but I mean, just once again, another game where Tyrese played great. Uh, Harrison was kind of a question mark after his man. start. Just, man, I don't know. Oh, man. I don't. Know what, I don't really know what what the deal is, but he he's starting off strong each night, and it's getting to a point where it's almost. I'm putting a tweet out every game saying, wow, Harrison's up eight points in the first half. And then he finishes with 10 or 12. And mm-hmm. it's just, there's guys like that in the league, man. I mean, it just, it just weirdly happens. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is someone like that. I mean, he, he's kind of turned it around this year. And, and that's the funny thing too, though. I mean, even with Wiggins, like even with Harrison, you see them play consistently for a certain stretch of time. And it makes you believe like, Oh, this guy can be somebody who's a very reliable piece to this team. But the reality of the situation is he averages six. It's the Willie Cauley Stein. He he gets fifteen rebounds one night and zero the next. And I, I can't believe that he's averaging sixteen points at this point. That's what I'm saying. Like it's insane. It's it's off of his twenty five point games in the beginning of the year. Because yeah. now he's got to be near like twelve points a game since I, he's came. I think, but, he, I think he's averaging like twelve over the last nineteen games. I think, which is. Yeah, it's not ideal. I mean, that's not something that you should be paying somebody. I mean, that's where his pay comes in. That's where you can't pay that guy $20 million a year to be giving you, you know, <laughs> Chemezi Metu numbers. Cheesh. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the box course. Last couple of thoughts. 
Buddy had another buddy game, just a good buddy game. There's a good buddy and bad buddy games. Last night, 19 points, 5 of 8 from the three-point line. That's great. I mean, Buddy's been decent recently. I mean, he, yeah. he's had a couple 20, 25-plus point games. And, yeah, last night he was he was one of the uh, bigger contributors. And I think the biggest thing is we're not seeing any 12 to 15 three attempt games anymore from him. I mean, I think last night he was 6 of 11 or something like that. But, um that might have been from the field. He he's well, just he's he seems to be a lot more tempered in his shooting. He's still people, taking some wild shots. Oh but, god, yeah. People um, are gonna be critical yeah. of him though, but over the last six games, uh sixteen and a half points, forty three percent from the field, and forty five percent from three on nine attempts yeah. per game. Uh I don't know how you can be upset about that. And obviously mm-hmm. his defense will continue to be bad. I think we're at a Terrible. point now where Buddy Heald will never I mean, I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think he'll ever be a, a a plus defender in the NBA. No. Those, so that ship is it. I mean, he's it, only getting older as we yeah, all are. Yeah. All of us getting older. He's almost, he's almost 30 and um, it's, it's just, is what it is. So shots are falling. That makes buddy valuable and it's coming at a good time. Whereas the trade deadline is four weeks away. And with that, do you have anything else you want to talk about, about last night's, last night's game? Or do you want to get into Monty McNair talk? Um, we can get into Monty McNair talk. I don't really have the, the game. The games just completely depressed me. And even right now, I feel like my brain is just fogged because I'm so, I just, I, I told you yesterday on the phone, I think that I, <clears throat> I love my job and it'll always be like my favorite thing. I love it. You love your job. I love my job. I do. Oh. And I, I, I need to be reminded of it though, because like I told you on the phone that I felt, I felt like when I was looking toward to the, the game, uh, the, the Blazers game. That morning, Sunday morning, I looked at it as, as when I used to work at a gym during my early 20s, and I had to get I get the laundry and fold towels. And I was looking at it like, like, man, I have to look at the towels at the laundry. That's the same way I looked at, man, I have the, the Kings play the Blazers tonight. It's just it's, it's tough right now, and, and a lot of people are saying the, I, even, I turned the game off. I'm not even watching anymore. And it's okay. I, I believe you, but – I I don't know if I would turn off the game anyway because of how invested I am in the team and how I always have been. But I, I really think I'd be re- remiss if I didn't say it's the this is the hardest it's been as far as I'm being very negative, more negative than I've ever been before. And I don't Come like the dark it. Side, my friend. I don't like it, but I it is it it has to be said, it has to be done. And um, yeah. The games are not fun right now. That's we we all know that, and there's no reason to keep talking about them. You can't can't break it down. <coughs> Look, uh, man, uh, yeah, it's the, you, I think everyone just needs to have a a a point with their team where you have to draw the line of like I I cannot accept this into my life at this point. Like, especially with the like with the basketball season, like you can't watch. Like the Kings have a game on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday this week. No break. You don't <laughs> need no to spend. That's most that is four of seven days ruining your nights. That's like most you don't of the week. need to do that. Like the Kings play the Rockets twice and play Detroit. Watch a Rockets game and watch that Pistons game because they might actually win. But besides that, like I mean they might win. You know, they Or they lose and you don't have or they lose them all and then you're even more depressed than you but were. But that's where we are right now. Last night also, by the way, was mental health awareness night at the Kings game. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I had a tweet. I mean, mental health is again. I love. I love. Uh, love my therapist. I'm a huge supporter of getting the mental help that you need and, and taking care of yourself. And last night, I just thought, what a weird. It's just 
at a Sacramento Kings game, I mm-hmm. just, maybe we should have it be mental health night, awareness night every single night because yeah. it's just it's that much of a problem right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know if this team is doing much good for anybody's mental health. So the Kings should just declare this season mental health awareness season because mm-hmm. it's a it's a nightmare right now. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, on that- I, I, I'll bring it to myself. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I didn't watch the last two weeks of the season. OK, <laughs> on that that Monday night game or was it either Monday or I think it was Sunday night game against the Packers two weeks ago. The Kirk Cousins, Cousins was he, out. He was out. You know, yeah. I was Prime like, Kirk. there is a zero. Even if Kirk, if Kirk was playing, there's like a 40% chance that the Vikings win this game <clears throat> with Sean Mannion as our quarterback. There was, there was literally a 0% chance. Justin Jefferson, one of my favorite Vikings in a very long time was still playing. Dalvin cook still playing. You just got to opt out, man. You just got to be like, you know what? I'm not doing this to me. Last week, played the Bears, didn't mean anything. The Vikings have been eliminated from the playoffs. There's nothing I need to see there. Just don't watch. It's all right. It's it's okay. come, you'll hear come, the score. You'll yeah, come back. Come back when it's time to come back and when you feel like you yep. can. Yeah, well, you don't well, have to sign up. You don't have to let that ship sail. You know, you can yep. just, just just take some power back. Okay. That's all, I, back. I think I, I, I don't think, you know, we're telling anybody something that they don't already know or don't already implement in their but lives. It's nice I think a lot it. of people are checking out. Yeah, I think it's okay to hear that it's okay. Sometimes you, sometimes you need to be reminded. And I think I would need to be reminded too if I wasn't, this wasn't my job. I would need to be told, oh, definitely. Hey, man, hey man, like, it's a game. And I was that type of dude awful. who would be like, oh, I'll, I won't. I mean, like, I would love to hang out today, but like the Kings play tonight. Kings play so tonight. like maybe exactly. maybe after the game or like maybe once it's decided, I'll go out or something like so that. So you're that guy like, too. You're that guy too, and I, I I hate myself for doing that now because I, I look at what has it led to over like when I was I'm 27 now and what, I feel like I say I'm 27 every week. Sorry everybody for rounding <laughs> my my age, but I'm saying I it's just I'm looking at this as far as how older we all are since this started, and how when I was in my early 20s and my late teens and people are asking me to do things, I'm saying oh no the Kings play the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, so I'll mm-hmm. meet you guys out later. It's like, what the hell are you doing, you crazy person? Go out and have yeah. fun with your friends. Don't watch, don't poison yourself with this. Watching Kevin Durant and Westbrook drop 35 each and the Kings lose by 18 on the road. So um, I think everybody seems kind of like a, a, a Kings cleanse. And I really think that that's going to have to start probably right now is a good time to start. The five game losing streak is a good time to take a little step back. Trade deadline's coming coming up soon. Uh, the team could look different, meaning a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe the team completely blows it up in tanks, or maybe they they make some run our test like moves and they go on a run for the play in. Uh, but either way, it's it's going to happen if you're watching or not watching, and and take care of yourself. So it feels. I so think now's a good time to mention that. Um, they also have that stretch of games that we've been warning people about a couple times uh, this yeah. season where it's going to be that road trip starting January 22nd. Uh, January 22nd, Saturday, they play the Bucks. On the 25th, they play the Celtics. On the 26th, they play... <laughs> so this is a back-to-back. They go from Boston to Atlanta to play the Hawks. Uh, and then on the 29th, they play the Sixers. 31st of January, they play the Knicks. And then February 2nd at home, they play the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets. And then back-to-back 
February 3rd, they play in Golden State. So that is okay. um, that is the stretch after this upcoming lollipop stretch of the what Lakers, do we just say back to back Rockets and Pistons. So what do we what take do we say? that mental health break it's time start of January 2nd, January 2nd through February 3rd is the official King's mental health break sponsored by the return of the roar time for a break time for a, uh, we'll call it the yeah. King's cleanse King's King, cleanse King's cleanse. <laughs> So everybody um, enjoy these next four games again, playing the Lakers on Wednesday, Rockets on Friday, Rockets again on Sunday, and then the, the Pistons? Pistons on Wednesday. And then after that Pistons game, you're done. Yep, You Jan- don't have to worry about anything except for Shams. That's all Shams and Woj. Shams and Woj. You, those are your games. Those are your Kings games for, for two weeks is just following those Twitter accounts and waiting for a move to happen. Speaking of Shams and Woj, uh, moves that have been made since Monty McNair was hired. We don't need to go over the entire list. If you want to look at the list, you can go to my Twitter account, fcardicelli 3 on Twitter. I listed out all of the moves that Monty McNair has made since he became general manager in September of 2020. I can't believe it's already been that long ago. Um, Chris, when you look at the, these these names here, and to kind of just give the bullet points here, Nothing big has happened while Monty McNair has been uh, the Kings general manager. He, he drafted Tyrese Halliburton. That was incredible. Great move. Great. Drafted Jemias Ramsey. He traded Xavier Tillman for Robert Woodard. Not he, great. Tr- he drafted and traded Kenyon Martin to the Rockets for a second-round pick, which is not great. Not great. Uh, Darren Fox, max contract. The, not the only great. No. The only free agent deals that he has made are Hassan Whiteside, one-year deal, not great. Chemezi Metu, a three-year deal. I mean, I, I guess the depth. You're getting value for your money, I guess. Yeah, he, he he's a part of the rotation. He, I think that he has some upside, and he's a year under his con- on his contract still. Glenn Robinson the third. He is no not longer great. a king. Um, he signed Rashawn Holmes to a four-year deal. That the the book is open on that still. Um, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, Alex Len, two-year deals. And then just to kind of just throw in the last two things he's done, uh, big trades, the big quote-unquote big trades, traded Nemanja Bielisa to the Heat for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva, traded DeLon Wright to Atlanta for Tristan Thompson. And, of course, the Kings got DeLon Wright in exchange for Corey Joseph. So I ask you, Chris, is there a best move that he's made? And I'm not going to go draft the draft. We all, we all know that's too easy to say Tyrese Halliburton probably was clearly the best, not probably he was clearly the best player on the board at 12 in my mind. And the fact that he slid to 12 was, it's kind of malpractice to, to the, I don't know what the, what the top 11 teams are thinking really. Uh, but that's the way drafts go. I understand if you're looking at free agency trades, is there a best move that he's made? Is there one that stands I out? Mean, like I would say the the most like I mean, the best move he has made to me is the Rashawn Holmes signing. I think uh, just to get Rashawn for you know ten to twelve million dollars a year is perfect value for him. I don't think you're overpaying at all for any stretch um, of that contract, and I feel like Rashawn is is uh, um. 
I don't I don't want to call him a lower quality starter, but like he is, you know, he is a perfectly fine starter. You can probably, you know, you can definitely do better, but um, you can also do worse and and also, you know, overpay somebody at that position. Um, so I, I really like the Rashawn Holmes signing. Uh, the Terrence Davis trade for a second round pick obviously has some off the court stuff attached to it. But I mean, in terms of return um, for that you know, for a second round pick that you're probably not going to get anything out of. I think Terrence Davis has been, has shown the ability, especially as a what third year player in the league that, that maybe that's somebody that could be uh, an impact role player for you moving forward. But besides that, I mean, it's really, it's really, really bleak. I mean, for him to trade Xavier Tillman for Woodard, just if you look at that trade in a, in a bubble, that's that's not ideal. I mean, Xavier Tillman doesn't look as good as he did in his rookie year, but Robert Woodard might not ever play NBA basketball. Kenyon Martin again, also kind of a, a player. I love that his, been I nice love his to, uh Yeah, it would have been nice to take a flyer on him. I don't know if he he's necessarily a person that's going to be you know with you in the future, but it would have been a nice little developmental piece. You could have gotten at least because like the the thing that this team is really lacking right now is any sort of. Wings. excitement for the future it's just like um you know we're hoping Tyrese can get better and, and De'Aaron can improve but there's not really somebody that is like well if he gets good that changes the trajectory of everything kind of like know? what Harry Giles used to be Harry Giles is kind exactly. of the oh the we carrot. have this player you gotta dangle that yep. carrot we have this player and he's young and he's raw and he could be something big Galabissier before I, that yeah I don't know if the Kings really have a player like that right now and Davion Mitchell I was talking to I was on uh, King's Pulse with Brendan and we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. this too with with Davion Mitchell. I do think he has some potential to be a Marcus Smart type and kind of grow into one of those players where he can knock down shots and play defense. But he's almost twenty four years old and he's that doesn't mean that he can't grow. But it's not like he's a nineteen eighteen year old twenty year old prospect. He he's a grown man. He's he went to college four years. I think he had a red shirt fifth year. Um, he he is not what he is, but I would say we're going to find out what his ceiling is a little quicker than we will about mm-hmm. some of these other guys we've seen on this list. Kenyon Martin, uh, seen not senior, sorry, junior, um, and so forth. So it's, it's tough to look at the list and you see that we had some moves that were made and some moves that I didn't list that were not made because people that have read this list have of course jumped to, well, wait a minute. Monty did have some good deals lined up with, the Russell, sorry, the Buddy Heald trade to the Lakers, but then the Russell Westbrook deal came together and, and picked that apart, of course. So the Kings did not get Kyle Kuzma. They did not get Montrez Harrell. Um, the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal with Milwaukee, that just got us off to a, a circus of a start as the NBA got involved. I think there was tampering charges with that. Um, the Kings did not get Dante DiVincenzo as much as I know all of us would love that right now. Um, almost doesn't cut it. And, and I saw someone on, on Twitter say, well, and I wish I could give you credit. I just can't remember who it was, but hey, those are good deals. But a good GM has to have backups to those deals. There has to be a plan B. And right now we're saying that there, at this moment, there isn't one. There was not a plan B to the, the Buddy Heald trade falling apart. There was not a plan B to the Dante DiVincenzo deal falling apart. And if you're going to tell me the plan B was signing Glenn Robinson third, signing us on Whiteside, I I trading for Tristan Thompson. I'm sorry. I just I don't I don't think that's gonna 
that's just not going to go over well. And it hasn't gone over well. Um, and we're at a point now with Bonnie McNair, we're coming up on two years in September at the end of the season, you know, before we go in the next season, it'll be two full years that Monty McNair has been here. What is that? How does that bode well for him in, in staying longer than, than one more season? I think his deal takes him through one more season. Uh, I think his contract aligned with Luke's. So it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens over the next month, because right now, if I were to grade what Monty McNair's done so far, I'm I'm giving him like a like a D, maybe a D plus. I mean, how do you feel? Like I I just don't know how I can say he's done a good job when the team hate to say it, they're worse off right now than they were under Vladdy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they were ever sixteen and twenty seven under Vladdy. I have to go check right now. They might have they might have been for a moment before in the pandemic shortened season, and then I know they want to run. They won like five or or, or six of seven uh, before the bubble. And and it really kind of, you know, changed the trajectory of the team. But uh, the Kings are sixteen and twenty seven right now. That season, they they did they actually were. Never mind, I take it back. They were fifteen and twenty eight. Alas, they want to run. They finished two games out of the plan. Um, how do you view Monty McNair's tenure? Do you what grade would you give it so far at this point, I mean, January eleventh? It's not fair. What I, what I want to I want to call it call it an incomplete. I mean, it's just to me, it's obvious that like he, everyone knows, and I guarantee Monty McNair also knows that he needs to make a move. You know, <laughs> your your job is to make moves, and he has just done nothing. I mean, relative relatively nothing, I should say. Like he's done a bunch of marginal things, but. If you're going, typically a, a GM will come in and intentionally try and put his stamp on a team um, and try and be like, this is my move. This is how I envision this team moving forward. And Monty just hasn't done that. Um, I will say at least he's been, I'll give him credit. He's been very true to his guns. He, he, is, he has always said that he's not going to panic trade. He's not going to make a move just to make a move. If he's going to make a move, it's going to be something calculated that he feels like is, is going to make the team better. However, he has, like I said, he's done nothing really. Um, so if you want me to give him, if you want me to give him a grade right now, it's, I mean, it's a D like you said, I mean, he's, he hasn't done anything. Um, Outside draft to, I mean, to improve the, draft- the roster. I mean, he's the draft, like the, dra- like, I think you're right. I think the draft shouldn't, really count to what we are talking about because yes, like it's also incomplete. I mean, Tyrese is, is clearly a great draft pick. He's, he's an a, especially for his value um, at 12, but Davion Mitchell at nine is kind of somebody that we're going to have to like, his grade is going to change as he develops because you know, there's points now where it's like, okay, I can kind of see like you, like you were, you and Brandon were talking about, he could maybe, have potential to be something like a Marcus Smart, um, but he can also maybe be like Corey Joseph or a, a Patrick Beverly or something like that. And yeah, Patrick Beverly is looked at as a positive player, but he's also been on really good basketball teams, and so his skill set is kind of more uh, more valued on good teams. Whereas if Davion's just going to be on a loser for his entire team or his entire career then 
he's not going to be very valuable. It's just going to be like, look at this guy who just like Corey Joseph just plays defense, but is giving you nothing offensively. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to grade him off the moves he has made, it's not good. <laughs> like the, the, the DeLon Wright trade just doesn't really make sense. Um, we didn't need Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's been used sparingly and like, in in roles um especially like when they want to be quicker but um i think marvin bagley could have filled in that role i guess maybe they were planning for maybe if marvin gets moved or something um i don't really know maybe they didn't think Cato would be close to being ready um he seems to be fairly ready for for spot minutes but you know they also have damian jones they have chemezi metu alex len alex len Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, like those, those are five guys without Tristan Thompson. And, uh, you know, I think, I think maybe they could have used DeLon Wright as a two as, you know, DeLon was pretty big. They could have ran a three guard lineup of him, Fox and Halliburton. I would have liked to see that. Um, I, I kind of, I, th- I just think I would have preferred to see DeLon Wright on this team. I don't think, um, you know, it would have made much of a, of a difference, but um, just the, I like his versatility more than Tristan's. And, you know, like, yeah, besides that, that's that's really the move. Uh, the Nemanja Bialica trade, they just straight up, for whatever reason, decided that they weren't going to use Nemanja last year at all, even though he had been a pretty productive player for the Kings in the past. Um, and to trade him for, for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva, I thought... Ageism. They they, like, they have an ageism yeah. suit coming their way. <laughs> it, they might. I mean, Tristan's the oldest player on the team at 29. Yeah, but Nemanja uh, was too old and he was 33. Yeah. And now he's playing yeah. great on the Warriors. And I guess the, the Warriors make uh, yeah. everyone good. But I mean, even um, the Mo, like, yeah, like Mo Harkless hasn't been whatever they, they envisioned Mo Harkless being for this team. Like he has not been it. He, he hasn't shot well at all. Wouldn't say his defense has really made any sort of impact. Um he seems like a very nice guy. I don't. I don't know if if that had anything to do with with them signing him, but he he seems to be keeping at least Buddy Heald accountable. So so I like that for Mo. But but his on the court production hasn't really justified being here. No, and uh, you know it is what it is. The I think that if you look at the move he made, that I think uh, another one that Brendan and I talked about was the, the Terrence Davis deal. He could be a guy where if Buddy Heald gets traded tomorrow. Uh, he gets those minutes, and I, I do like the upside of Terrence Davis. I do think they have similar skill sets as far as they have the ability to get com- completely unstoppable on the perimeter. They can run to 27, 28-point nights, or they're completely cold. Uh, they're streaky shooters, uh, but TD, I think, brings a little more in uh, other aspects as far as his hustle. He's a better defender, uh, more athletic, so... We'll see. And he's not that, getting paid twenty million dollars a year. And he's not getting no. He's not, and you see uh, Malik Monk. How I think Buddy Hill is making five times more than Malik Monk, and Monk is just having a great season. So um, the Lakers wanted their shooter, and they still might have interest in Buddies. But like we've been seeing around, just kind of on social media and mm-hmm. people saying, but uh, they found Malik Monk, who's who's playing better. So um, the book's open on Monty still. It's not closed, but it has been almost two years. It hasn't like it's not like he just got hired. He's had two yeah, off seasons. He's, he's had enough time to do something. Uh, and we're still waiting. It, again, the last substantial trade that was made by the Sacramento Kings was Harrison Barnes getting traded in 2019. So it's um we're still waiting. We are still waiting. Mm-hmm. No one in sight. 
Who is that? You get, get an important call? I got a call from Providence, Rhode Island. I'm thinking it might be Nick Cattles. It might be our boss. Yeah. I didn't you answer. Pause. You didn't answer? No, it's okay. No, it's all right. Let's just see. Let's just see if he sends us an email or text. Yeah. It might. Well, what was. Yeah, we'll get into it later. Do you want to look into it or do you want to pause? No, it's okay. Okay. We're good. We're straight. See, we're doing we'll our just job. wrap it up. Okay. Um, last thing. Uh, I guess for awards, I kind of just think for my king of the week, I'm going to pick Nami Ishkata because he's literally taking over Twitter right now. Uh, NBA Portugal is is making them, themselves known right now. Uh, last night in his first real showing as an NBA player, like as far as getting out there, playing more than just the garbage time minutes, he looked good against a, a really honestly – a stacked Cavs team who have just bigs on bigs on bigs, Jared Allen, Laurie Markkinen, um, Evan Mobley, who's had a great rookie season. Last night, Kata goes out there after playing only a combined 10 minutes in his NBA career. He plays 24 minutes, scores 11 points, pulls down five boards, grabs a steal at the end of the game, uh, then shoots 57% in the field. So I think that he's showing he can be a part of his team. And that, that pick, 39th overall pick, uh, those picks have value. I think Draymond was picked in that in that area, if I'm not mistaken. Players like in, in that regard. Um, I think he's a guy the Kings are high on. And I do think he's someone that when it comes to who would I rather see out there on the floor, Tristan Thompson or Namiash Keda, I want Keda out there. Mm-hmm. I want Keda, I want Keda playing those minutes. He's he's 22 years old, uh, has the athleticism. He seems like he can shoot. He was he was decent at the free throw line. I think at the free throw line he made three of four shots. I mean, hey, he's um he could be a problem. So he's mm-hmm. my king of the week. I like it. Um, I mean, there really haven't been that many options. Um, with you going with Kada, you know, the guy who's who's who played one game this week. Um, and I don't think that's out of the realm because, frankly, no one has really been. Super consistent. De'Aaron's played pretty well um, the past couple games. I'm going to go with Tyrese um, only for one specific number, and that's I'm looking at it right here. Since the Atlanta game, uh, he is averaging 19 points a game uh, on 54% shooting from three on six attempts. Um, I just love to see Tyrese letting it fly finally and kind of, uh, you know, he, he's really started to ramp up that, that, um, that little sidestep three that he's fallen in love with. It's becoming pretty consistent for him. And I, I just, I just really have liked to see what, especially last night I noticed um, he took advantage. It was either Laurie Markinen or someone else who was guarding him, but he really like took it personal that they were guarding him and went between his legs like four or five times, tried to size him up and then took him to the rim and got a foul call. It's that kind of stuff where I'm like, all right, Tyrese is starting to really be like, I am better than like a lot or most of these guys. Like, let me try and let me try and cook real quick. The swagger is coming like in. I like to see that. Yeah, exactly. His, his swagger is blossoming. Yeah. Right in front and, of us. And with, with how he was so passive at the beginning of the season and kind of has been for 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 the length of his career so far. Um, I just like to see him really feel like he is that guy. And uh, it'd be interesting to see. If, if he can start averaging like 20 points a game consistently with De'Aaron also playing well, you know, I think that's definitely the, the biggest reason why people want to uh, wait and see before they make a big trade is is to see how those guys play uh, off of each other. And I think 
you know, they still haven't really figured out the one two game, but um, individually, I think they're they're finding how to coexist. And and that's uh, that's at least something to look look forward to. Agreed. Uh, Coke machine of the week, or do we want to give someone a bad a bad award? It's been so bad. Um, I think maybe it's the whole team, the whole everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's. I'm gonna go with Monty McNair again. I don't know how many times I've given Monty this award, but like, not. It's, it's, just, it's warranted. It's warranted. Yeah, it's just do do something, gotta, my guy. Gotta, like or something. Like, they have, I they know have, it's not typical for GMs to come out and like have press conferences, but like say something just somebody like somebody let us know that you guys are like thinking about are doing you working? like you know yeah like are you doing something do i need to break down your whole schedule like what does your day look like monty yeah, what are you doing right now i want to know what you're doing how because many calls are you making a day chris they have not done anything they have not anything. waived anybody they have done a couple 10-day deals that were the fill-ins yeah, that, for, were for necessary. Yeah. that were necessary that they had to do because the nba yeah. made a, le- a rule that you had to and they waited a day after that rule was put in place mind you and they haven't waived anybody. They haven't traded anybody. They haven't done anything. Nothing. What was the last roster? The last thing they did was trade DeLon Wright for Tristan Thompson, which has been not great. So, yeah, Monty, you are the the recipient of the Derek Williams uh, Memorial <laughs> Memorial Coke Machine of the Week Award. Yep. Um, congratulations. Congratulations. And do you want to do a b-ball ref, or do you think we should call our boss? Um. Yeah, we'll call our boss. <laughs> let me, real, let me make wait, sure we still have a job. Real quick, uh, Mikey Moore's on here. Kings legend. Just want to say, what do you think Mikey Moore's best King season was? What did he average? Um, best King season. Eight and six. You're looking at it, aren't you? No, I'm not. He averaged eight and six. <laughs> What is his career numbers? Is he is that like uh can can you guess? Uh 5 and 4. Dude, you are 5 5.8 and 3.9. Count it. Count it. Count it. Hey bro, I know my numbers. Count it. I know my damn numbers. Uh and then lastly, jersey sponsor, who uh the Lakers who the Lakers have? I do know the Lakers one. It used to be Wish. It was instead it's Billy Bo. Which I have no idea what that is. No what the, clue. What the hell is that? A Billy and like it's got to be a big company. Like the Los Angeles Lakers jersey patch sponsor has to be a pretty penny. It's Korean food company. Like a uh, HelloFresh. I I I uh, I'm not sure. It says that they will pay the Laker or the NBA a hundred million dollars over five years. So they definitely are well funded uh, that reminds me of like Rakuten you remember when that yeah like like that uh it's like uh what jersey uh, they're on the nets who are they on they were on I think the Warriors for a little bit oh yeah that's right they were also on uh Barcelona's soccer jerseys that's right that's right right. what is this company what is it that is sponsored Barcelona it's like Netflix but for like uh overseas or I don't know where I shouldn't have said Korea but some one of the Asian countries, I believe. I also don't know how to spell Rakuten. Rakuten. Well, I'm, that was the KD finals year, right? When With the yes, Raptors. Japanese electric commerce and online retailing company. I take that back. It's eBay. Gotcha. It's Japanese eBay. Okay. Well. Um, and then, 
yeah the uh who was that houston rockets after that hmm uh i want to say right be a big one i want to say right guard again but <laughs> it, right it's, guard. it's gonna be somebody at some point it's gonna be somebody uh, uh let me if think. i had to guess Toyo- toyota i would toyota? say that's a good one i know toyota sponsors their core or used to it used to be the toyota center i don't know if it still is um let me type in uh who's on the rockets these days al perrin Sanguin. It's uh wow. What the heck is that thing? Credit karma. Credit karma. It just says money. money. That's all I saw on his thing. Is credit it says karma money. money? It's credit karma. Okay. You know maybe so, maybe the Kings isn't so bad. Yeah, like that's kind of what I'm realizing is you know maybe blue diamond and dial pad. Not that bad. It looks cool. Well, the way the Kings made their jersey, like it's they have like the silver Nike logo and the silver dial pad logo on them. Now it looks yeah. cool, but and the NBA logo. Um, okay, well, right. until uh, we see Decent. you again, we'll, again, make sure you all take some time to do anything else. Yes. Do anything Go. else? Anything else? I feel we say it every week. We say this every single week. It's just, yeah, I don't know, man. Mm. It's it's miserable. It's miserable out here. It is. Basketball yep. hell, baby. Basketball hell. Yep. We're just living in it. Kings Lakers tomorrow. How much? Uh, let's Lakers make a guess. Tomorrow. Uh, attendance tomorrow. Uh, like an actual. I'm reported gonna guess, attendance? I'm going to guess it, it's, it's, it's reported 1,600 plus or 16,000 plus. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to bet there's actually 13,000. I'm going to say it's going to be reported 15,000 and it's actually going to be like 10 and it's going to be like 8,000 Laker fans. On that note, everything's awful. Yeah. Get ready for it because it's, it's going to come. The Laker fans are going to show up and uh, the Kings fans aren't. <laughs> that's my predi- That's my real prediction. That's not even a prediction. I know it's going to happen. It's so, so funny. When the, Kings wins, that. when the Kings win four or five in a row in late February and we're back in the play and hunt, it's going to be so funny how different we sound. I want to come back and listen to this because this happens every year. I'm preparing myself for it to happen and not happen, but the last three seasons they've gone on a on a run, the rope a dope, pull the football run. So right now, five losses in a row. The misery continues tomorrow yep. night against LeBron and the boys. LeBron and the Lakers. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh for Frankie Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Hopefully I still have a job. Uh the Kings, of course, play the Lakers this week. Two games against the Rockets. So uh, maybe we come back uh, on Monday. And yeah. we're actually kind of happy because the Kings won at least one basketball game, ideally. Um, but you never know. So <laughs> they, might lose, they might lose five in a row uh, or just continue to yeah. lose. They, they haven't won. When's the last time we recorded and they won? I don't know. What was the last win? What's, what is the last win they we even win. have? Chris, I don't know. What's the last win the Kings had? It was had? the Miami one. The Miami Jimmy Butler which, miss. Which was over a week ago. It's, that was, yes. that was nine days ago, I believe. Yep. So, neat. Cool. Fun. Happiness is for losers. And that's anyway. where we are. Yep. Bye-bye. <laughs>